0: Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the sermon podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, chapter 2, beginning at verse 21. Glory to you, O Lord. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage, and then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, O Christ. Christ. You may be seated. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I don't know about you, but it almost seems a little bit strange to still be saying that by this weekend, right? Christmas was, what, six days ago now? Almost a week? By this point, I think the holiday, at least for me, feels like it's pretty much over. The world's attention certainly has moved on to New Year's resolutions, all the articles and newspapers are about how to keep your New Year's resolutions, not about what present to give people. The radio stations that were playing Christmas songs, at least the one we were listening to, is done with that. Most of you know we have an infant at our house who learned to crawl a couple weeks ago, so we put up a Christmas tree last Thursday, we took it down on Wednesday. (laughs) And if you're here this morning, I assume you are done with holiday travels. Or maybe you're with us online because you're still traveling. Again, welcome. But if you are still traveling, I bet you're almost ready to come home at this point. Last night, as we were driving and looking at some Christmas lights, and there were fewer of them than there had been a couple days before, Micah asked me how long we're going to celebrate Christmas for. And I should have said, well, the Christmas season is 12 days. It goes through Epiphany. That's what that 12 days of Christmas song is. And I said, maybe another day or two. Not my finest pastor dad moment. <laughs> Here we are in church. This is the first Sunday in the season of Christmas. So Merry Christmas. And this morning we continue the Christmas story according to Luke. We are jumping ahead a little bit in the story. Today's reading is about two new characters. Ones that don't get to be in the manger scene. Somehow the magi get to be there. They don't show up till much later. These characters do not get to be in the manger scene. Simeon and Anna. And yet as we read this story, I wonder if this incident is really more for Mary's sake than it is for Simeon and Anna. Because think about what Mary has been through in this story. She was engaged to be married to Joseph. Her world gets turned upside down by an angel appearing, letting her know that she's going to get pregnant without any of the usual prerequisites for that. And the child, by the way, is going to be the son of God and will reign on the throne of David forever over all of God's people. And Mary responds that she is willing to serve God however God wants her to. And then she goes to visit her relative Elizabeth. And you remember, Elizabeth is experiencing her own miraculous pregnancy. And when Mary arrives, Elizabeth tells her as a greeting that the child in her own womb jumped for joy, leapt for joy. Which means for Mary, this thing with the angels is not just some kind of weird dream that she had. Elizabeth confirms for her what's happening. That this is God. This child will be the Lord. This child that she is carrying will be the Messiah. And I think that that probably is the moment in the story when Mary starts to grasp the implications of what's going on. She heard it from the angel, but now she's heard it from a second source. It's confirmed Her son will change the world. Her son is going to save God's people from their sins. So that's the moment when Mary sings that beautiful song of praise, the Magnificat, about how God has been faithful throughout all of history and how God is turning the world upside down. God is bringing the proud down from their thrones, sending the rich away empty but filling the hungry with good things. God is on the move. God is at work. This is a cosmic event. This is the center of history. God is choosing to be born into our weary world. The light is breaking into the darkness. That's a lot. That's a lot for Mary to handle, I'm sure. And the time comes for Mary to give birth It happens to be during the census. She travels with Joseph to his ancestral home of Bethlehem. She gives birth to the baby. She names him Jesus. There are angels, shepherds. You know the story. Eight days later, they circumcise this child because they're a good Jewish couple, and that's the Jewish ritual that you do. That's what Jewish tradition requires. And then at 40 days, Mary and Joseph travel to Jerusalem to present their firstborn son to the Lord at the temple, which is where our story today picks up. So Mary has seen these glimpses of how this child is going to change the world. But then at the temple, through this ritual, she has these two encounters that show her this is much more than some abstract cosmic event for these two people she meets. This is personal. So first, we have Simeon, who's this righteous, devout, faithful man who's been waiting his whole life, Luke tells us, to see the Messiah. And Luke doesn't tell us how long his life has been, how old he is, but he's been told that he will not die before seeing the Messiah. So if that's on his mind, I imagine he's not particularly young. And Simeon gives this beautiful blessing, sings this beautiful song, blesses Mary. But if you pay attention to the song and that blessing, they're really, it's a strange blessing. Who comes up to a young child or to a young couple presenting their one-month-old son and starts talking about death. That is not typical. But for Simeon, that's what's on his mind. At last, he believes that he can die at peace. Who knows how long it's been waiting. I assume it's a long time. But he has kept the faith. He has shown up again and again and again, trusting that God is going to keep this promise he was given at the same time, I imagine he's hoping that he hasn't misunderstood the promise somehow. He's hoping his faith is not in vain. What an interesting story for the week after Christmas. How many of you remember preparing for Christmas, waiting for Christmas, getting excited, maybe this year, maybe back when you were a child, remembering the excitement leading up to Christmas and then suddenly it's over. That was it. You saw the relatives, most years. (laughs) You ate a nice meal, maybe opened some presents, and then suddenly everybody goes home. People go back to work. As we look at the world around us, not a whole lot has changed since Christmas. I open the news every morning, especially before I come to church, and it looks about the same as it did last week before Christmas. We had an interruption, but we're pretty much back to the same stories. We have all this buildup, and then a lot of things feel pretty much the same. And for our family, as I said, this week has been pretty anticlimactic. Thanks to COVID, we, all of our Christmas plans fell apart. We did not travel to see family. We had people come and drop off some gifts on our porch. And so I think at least for us, and maybe I'm just speaking to myself, but I think at least for us, we're all more weary after Christmas than we were before it. It is hard I think for all of us, to keep that level of excitement that it feels like we're supposed to have for Christmas, to keep that going for 12 days, that's a long time. Sometimes it can even feel like nothing happened, like all the waiting and the preparing was for nothing, or at least not as big of a deal as it ought to be, at least not as big of a deal as we expect. And I think many of us worry about that kind of letdown for our faith. What if our waiting... Is in vain. What if things don't get better? What if something happens? What if the healing does not come? And I wonder, as we read this story, I wonder if Simeon knew that he was waiting for a child. I wonder if we know what it is that we're waiting for. If we're waiting and expecting a powerful, conquering God who's going to come in and fix everything right away. I wonder... Simeon gets to see the proof that God is with him. He gets to see this proof. He gets this sacred moment of seeing that God is keeping God's promises and it's all wrapped up in this little child. Whether or not he expected a child, once he sees Jesus, it's clear from Simeon's reaction that he gets it. He is able to face eternity with hope and faith. He's able to depart in peace. His confidence in God's presence with him is enough to give him the courage to face the future, the courage for him to be ready to die. His waiting has not been in vain, and neither has ours. Because when we look at this little child, even though we can't literally see him here with us, when we look at the little child born in Bethlehem, we know that God has come to be with us too. This promise of faith is what gives us the strength to face the new year, the strength to continue on, to face death when it comes, the strength to persevere in faith, and even in the waiting to praise God. And Simeon is not the only one they encounter at the temple. There's also Anna, this 84-year-old prophet, and isn't it wonderful for the Bible to mention a female prophet? This 84-year-old prophet who lives in the temple and she's choosing to spend all of the time that she has left in the world doing what? Worshipping God night and day. And on this day, her daily ritual of fasting and prayer in the temple, the thing she does every single day, leads on this day to a dramatic moment of grace as she sees Mary and Joseph with Jesus. And she too gets this moment of personal encounter with God. And the seeds of her faith burst into bloom. Because just like Simeon, Anna recognizes this child is the fulfillment of God's promise. This child is God with us, the evidence that God is faithful, the proof of God's presence. So we've been reflecting this season on the question, how does a weary world rejoice? And today's answer is we root ourselves in ritual. We return again and again to church, to the community of faith, to be reminded of the truth that God is with us. And these rituals we do, whether it's old traditional rituals or new rituals, we continue growing as a church and learning new things in modern times. These rituals are muscle memory for faith. There's something to return to in times of doubt and weariness. We hear these familiar stories over and over until they sink down into our bones. Sometimes, some of you know, the rituals of our faith, the words of prayers and songs, sometimes last longer than our conscious minds do. And these rituals, this ritual, this pattern, of this rhythm of gathering and being sent out again, this connects us through time to the communion of saints, to the body of Christ who have come before us and who will come after us. We are part of something much bigger than this group of people gathered here on a Sunday morning. Go back for a minute to what Mary and Joseph must be thinking as all this occurs. They are charged as parents with raising this child who will not only change the whole world by his words and deeds in the future, but who has already changing lives, has already changed the lives of Simeon and Anna. What an amazing responsibility Mary and Joseph have to raise the Son of God. And with this story, I think Luke is telling us the same thing that I think Mary is beginning to realize. Christmas is not the end of the story. Christmas is not the climax of the story. Christmas is the beginning. Christmas is not just some cute story about a child being born long ago in a strange way in a little town of Bethlehem. Christmas is the beginning of God changing the world. Christmas means that God has come to us. The promises are fulfilled. The Messiah has come. The world is being turned upside down, and people's lives will be given meaning. And you and I have the same proof that Simeon and Anna got that day in the temple. God has come to us. The Son of God is born. This is the good news that we carry as a church. This is the reason that we are here today. God has come to us and God is still with us today and forever. And as God's people, we shape our lives around these promises. In a weary world, we are grounded by returning again and again to encounter Jesus in ordinary things, in this world, in bread. And wine and water and word in each other as God's people. That's not a bad place to start a new year, is it? Trusting that God is with us in every time and in every season. And because God is with us, we are like Simeon, prepared to die in peace, knowing that God is faithful. We are like Anna, coming together to give praise and thanksgiving to God. That's why we're here today, finding respite and joy in the rituals of worship. We are like Mary and Joseph, recognizing that this child whom we worship is God with us, God in the flesh. God has come to us, and nothing is ever the same again. So Merry Christmas. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, You can visit our websites at livinghopesaukville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.